Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, we love songs like that. I think we love them so much because we're the challenge to believe them <laughs> is so heavy. The challenge to believe that song. I mean, we want that. We're reaching for it. We're reaching for it, man. But then we think that we have to go back to reality. And I want to challenge you guys with this. You guys are going to need to get that timer right, man, because it's freaking me out. They tell me I got 20 minutes to talk to you guys. I'm going to take all day now just for that. All right? <laughs> and so I, I, got, uh, I got some questions that are hopefully going to challenge you in this area because they challenge me every day. Man, I have to look at this and I have to think, okay, wait a second. What's, 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 what's really happening right here? All right? <laughs> what's really happening right here? Do I really believe this? All right, and I got a couple of questions, and, 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 then, and I'll begin right here, man. I'm going to put them up here because I want you to be really, really honest with this stuff. All right, is God allowing anything that you don't like right now in your life <laughs> or that you don't like or that you don't agree with? Be, 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 be honest, man, with yourself, all right, at least, all right? We can, we can say, nah, man, everything's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> Walking out, having the shakes, right? I mean, is God, is he allowing anything, man, that you don't like right now? Is he allowing stuff that you just don't agree with, all right? Or, or how about this one? Do you ever think that God could be doing a lot more? Do you ever think that, there's, that he could just be, you know, that there's a lot more he could be doing, man? Maybe, maybe in the world, all right? Maybe in our country, maybe in your house, and maybe even in your life. Do you ever think that maybe, you, you know, he could be doing a lot more, man? I mean, if you, if you answered yes to either of those questions and you're here right now, all right, watching online or whatever the case may be, I got another one for you. Why are you still here? Why are you still around? I mean, if he's allowing things that you don't like and you don't agree with, all right, and, and, and you, you think he could be doing a lot more and he might be missing the point and where were you on that one, God? All right, why are you, why are you still here? Why are you still around? Why are you still around him? Why are you still looking towards him? I mean, so many have left the faith for so much less. What will it take? Here's another question. These are big questions. What will it take for you to walk away? What will it take for you to walk away, man? What, what unanswered prayer? What hurt? What pain left unchecked? What unsolved world problem, what will it take for you to say, okay, I'm done. I'm done. What's it going to take? Do you ever find yourself trying to earn God's approval just so bad things won't happen to you? <laughs> I mean, come on, we got to be real. Here's what I know, man, is everybody wants to see a miracle, right? Everybody wants to see a miracle of God, but nobody wants to need one, right? We all want to see miracles. We just don't want to need it over here. Everyone wants to pray heavy for a miracle, but nobody wants to wait around just in case it doesn't happen the way they want it to. If we're going to be totally honest, man, we all, we all have our own preferences for God's behavior. 
We do. We, have our, we all have our own ways that we think that he should respond, react, handle stuff. We all have our own kind of standards for God. Sometimes he nails it. Sometimes he doesn't. Let's be honest. Sometimes we question, what the heck happened there? I'm not saying that we can't question. I'm not saying that, that question. I'm not even saying that God is afraid of our questions. Not at all. I remember a while back, man, I had a, an amazing, this is a pastor and his wife called me to the hospital to pray for their baby. Their baby couldn't breathe, was having a hard time breathing, was struggling with breathing. They said, would you come on? Would you come and pray with us, man? And I was like, yes, I'll be right there. Blasted over to the, to the hospital, went up into their room and there was the baby, man, just trying to breathe, man. And, and we prayed, man, just such a powerful, you know those prayers where you feel like the sky is just gonna open up. Man, praying, 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 man. And he's praying, his wife's praying, we're praying, all right? I believe there was angels in there praying. I don't know, it was just crazy. And we walked very confident, praise the Lord. I was driving home from the hospital. I got a phone call. It was him. Woo, miracle time. Testify. It got worse. He got worse. What do you mean it got worse, man? We just had that huge prayer. We just approached you in a way that I know everything was lined up, man. Wait, do I got some sin in my life? Do I got this? What's going on, man? I started questioning myself. Or are they sinners? What's going on here, man? Is there something that we don't see? Because I'm not seeing an answer to this prayer. Another time, I'm walking into the store, all right? One day, I'm walking into the store, man, and uh, this lady comes out. I've never met her before. She had a baby in a, in a carriage, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a stroller with an oxygen tank. And I just felt compelled to pray for that kid. Just as I was walking in the store, I, says, I asked the mom, I says, I, I says, hi, I go, hey, I'm so sorry um, to ask you this, but would you mind, I didn't, this is exactly how I started the conversation. I'm so sorry to ask you this, would you mind if I prayed for your child? She said, please do. I knelt down and prayed for this kid. Just a simple prayer. I didn't feel like the sky parted or anything crazy. I went, to the, I went into the store. She said, thank you. She was crying a little bit. So I'm so sorry, man. I keep praying for this kid. I didn't see him after, no, no phone call. About six months later, though, I see her. And she's like, oh, my goodness. She goes, I've been looking for you. I don't know, where, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, but I, she said that, man, right, not, I mean, within the, that week after that prayer, her baby got all better, miraculously got better. You know what I mean? And wait, 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 hold on for the claps. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. All right, because that doesn't always happen. And that's the point I'm trying to make. All right? It doesn't always go that way. And we start to ask other questions. Why does Jesus seem to do miracles for some people and, and not for other people? You ever ask that? Well, well, how about this one? Why do some very awesome men and women of God cry out for deliverance and yet nothing comes? And why is it that some people who just met God seem to have every prayer answered just fine? Why are these not the right questions? 
You see, because he's already done the, bir- the biggest miracle ever. He's already given us the greatest miracle mankind could ever hope for. You see, we alienated ourselves from God through sin, and that's what it is, man. It's sin, all right? I messed up. No, you sinned. I made a mistake. No, you bought tickets for that one, all right? You know? You know what I'm saying? We alienated ourselves from an eternity with God, man. From eternity, eternity. We know that we're eternal beings, all right? We were made to live forever. I forgot which one of us said this, right? That's why we have such a hard time with death because we were made to live forever. We know this internally, man. There's something about us that knows that this isn't right. Dying, people dying. But see, he, he, he made a way when there wasn't a way anymore because we just broke the way and we kept breaking it and we continue to break it every day. And he made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle everyone, anyone could ever need or ask for or want is desire. Even though we don't know we need it or want it or desire it yet. He made a way, man, that, 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 that Christ came to die for our sin because we, we are continually just building up this debt, man. There's this debt, this constant debt, all right? And this, we can't pay it. But he paid it. God said, I'm sending my son, all right, to, to clear the way, man, and to pay this debt, all right? Nobody on the planet ever could do this one thing. Only God himself could come and live a sinless life and, that, and have his life broken in every manner, heartbroken, emotionally broken, spiritually broken, even while he was on the cross. My God, my God, why'd you forsake me? All right, physically broken, finally, to death. Tossed in a grave. Which he tossed himself right back out of. <laughs> Amen. I think the right question to ask, instead of all these other questions, why are they, why, how come I, why, why, the right question is, do you and will you continue to trust the truth of the gospel no matter what this life right here costs you? No matter what this life costs you. I'm preaching to myself. Because just when you think you've had enough, all right, the challenge comes, is Jesus really enough? Is Jesus really enough? I challenge myself to think every once in a while, man, when I, when I think of these things, I challenge myself that, uh, you know, um, if everything was stripped away from my life, everything and everyone was stripped away from my life, Nothing, just nothing, no reputation, all right? No, no finances, all right? My whole family just gone. If it all was stripped away, would Jesus be enough? And to be honest with you, many times I answer that question, nope, it wouldn't. But I do trust that he will be.
because I need him to be. And because he promised to be. He made that promise, man. So just when you had enough, is Jesus really enough? And right now you're wondering, man, Ernie, is there a Bible story somewhere that kind of relates to this? I am so glad you asked. All right? So glad. Because yes, there is. All right? And we happen to stumble across it in our, in our reading through Luke. All right? So let's pray. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. And we give you the glory, Lord God. In the mighty name of Christ Jesus, guide us through this word, through this life. For your glory, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, to sum up the story, all right, you know, Jesus, okay, we've been going through doing all these miracles, man. Uh, blind people are seeing, um, you know, lepers and people with big diseases are being, are being, uh, are being healed and, and dead are rising from the grave. And then his cousin, John the Baptist, not the John the, the apostle who wrote the book of John, but John the baptizer, the one who came before him, all right, to prepare the way for him, all right, ends up in prison. He's in prison, man. And, uh, you know, uh, he didn't break any crazy laws. He, he, he was in prison for calling out one of the Herods, all right? The Herods, is, we'll talk about this another time, big history that goes behind that. There was Herod the Great. He was the one who was king at the time of Jesus. He had some sons. There was Herod Antipas, uh, Aricles, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, anyways. Um, Philip, all right? Anyways, he, he, Herod took his brother's wife, all right, um, and married her. Okay, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, also, it was his niece, which made it even more weird, all right? And it was also against the law. And John just called him out on it and said, man, you're, you're supposed to be leading God's people, all right? Because he was kind of a governor of, Ga- of the area of Galilee, the region of Galilee. And you're supposed to be leading God's people, man. And this is how you do it. Boom, called him out on it. Herod had him put in prison, all right? He's getting ready to die. He sends some of his boys to go and question Jesus, all right? And, here, and then and that kind of leads us to where we're at. And so John, uh, Luke chapter 7, verse... Uh, where we at? Verse 18 or 17? Oh, 18. All right. Uh, then, then it says, then the disciples of John reported all these things to him, all the stuff that they were hearing, you know, the healings, the back from the dead stuff, the preaching, kind of really cool stuff. They reported all of this stuff to John. And John himself was, he, you know, just to kind of give quick background, he was, he was, he was the last of the great prophets before Christ. All right, uh, John, the, the testimony that John the Apostle gives of him in John chapter one, verse six, it says this, there was a man who was sent from God. That's a pretty big deal, right? To be sent, to know that you're sent from God, all right, whose name was John. He came as a witness, all right? He was the first witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Other areas of scripture said he, you know, that his address was the wilderness. That's where he lived, all right? His wardrobe, he wore leathers and hair. It was kind of crazy, all right? His diet, he ate bugs and honey. That's how he rolled, man. John was kind of an odd guy, but he was pretty much about, Sharon, the, 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 you know, he, he was sent by God. That's a big deal, man. All right. And, you know, his job basically was preacher, all right, prophet and reformer. That's exactly what he was doing. He made some people really, really ready for Jesus, and he made other people really, really mad. And that's what got him in prison. So he calls his disciples. This is in John, and then verse 19, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the, to the Lord and saying, hey, Here's John's question. Are you the one who is to come 
or shall we look for another? All right. Matthew paints a more vivid picture of John having some kind of like a, like almost like a, hey, wait, almost not, not so much of a doubt in Christ, but maybe kind of a doubt in what he's up to. And I think there's two areas that we're going to, we will look at about that. But he basically says, are you the one or are we, you know, who's to come or shall we look for another? And it's probably the most important question anybody could ask concerning Jesus. All right. It's a good question. Are you the one? Are you the Christ? Are you the, are you the chosen one of God? Are you the redeemer? Are you, is everything that all the old scriptures preach of, the coming one, the great prophet, are you this one? Are you that one, the son of the living God? Are you him? Or do we look for another? It's a great question, but the problem with that is John already knew he was. There's the scriptures we went through, Luke earlier, where, where it says that when, even when he was in his mom's womb, Jesus came into the room, John started doing, you know, he, he started jumping up, man, and just kind of doing the cabbage patch. I don't remember, remember that dance. But anyways, anyways, it was kind of a bad joke. But anyways, uh, well, not a bad joke, it's just stupid. Anyways, but the cabbage patch was a cool dance. Anyways, um, back in the day, all right, but anyways, he started tripping out because Jesus was in the room. The Holy Spirit was filling his, his mom and, and filled him, and he already knew Christ was in the room. And then when he, when he came, when he, when he was, when he was older and when he actually, we have a record of him face to face as an adult with Jesus, he actually told Jesus, wait a second, I should be baptized by you. I know exactly who you are. And at his baptism, he actually, when Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, all right, in the form of a dove, or not in the form of a dove, but, you know, but anyways, another story another time. And God himself said, this is my son. Hey, John, that's him. Hey, crowd, that's him. All right, he made it pretty clear. And then a few days after uh, Jesus had been tempted in, into the wilderness, into the desert, um, and he came on the scene, John saw him and he told his boys, check it out, behold, the Lamb of God, that's him. You guys should follow him. He even said this right here in John chapter one, verse 34, I have seen and borne witness that this is the son of God. John knew exactly who Jesus was, but then why this question? What about us? When we know exactly who Jesus is and what Jesus is about and what he's up to, why do we sometimes have this question? Well, we look at John's circumstance and we can kind of glean a few things. You know, was it because John was, was in prison? Because prison will mess with your mind. Prison will mess with your head. I have somebody told me this one time, all right? <laughs> so it's kind of, it'll mess with your head, all right? Especially this kind of, I can't imagine what kind of prison he was in. Now, the, you know, the, you know, the, you, you know, the, 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 uh, the conditions of the prison, but I try to think maybe it was like kind of like solitary confinement. But one, there was one time when they actually put me in solitary confinement. It freaked me out, man. It was like a, a five, five by 10 room. No windows, no bed, and a door with no window on it and a space about that big. They closed that door for the first minute. I felt like I couldn't breathe. Within an hour, I'm laying on the floor, looking through the bottom crack of the door, saying, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> Let me out of here. <laughs> it messes with your head. I mean, Jesus could have easily gotten John out of prison. 
Right? He, he had control over pretty much everything. And I like to think, well, what, what kind of prisons are holding you right now? What kind of circumstances are holding you? What kind of, uh, you know, just kind of things that are going on in your life? Some problems and pains and hurts and difficulties and struggles and trials. Which ones, where, which ones are holding you that you feel like you just can't get out, man? And, and you're like, when's Jesus going to come and break me out of this mess? That's why I got to ask the question again. When you think you've had enough, is Jesus really enough? can't tell you how hard I prayed for my brother, all right, when he was on his deathbed. I mean, we're, we're months apart, man, and we're not, we're, we're, he was my ride or die, diapers all the way to this age, man. We were the, it was it. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. He was stronger than me. He was smarter than me. He was better than me. He was my, he was my guy, man. I mean, it was just like, and that was it. And I was like, man, all right, this ain't going to take him out. There's no way this is going to take him out. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I remember, man, I'm going, I'm going there this weekend. I was telling church, I'm going to go and pray with him. I want him to see the power of God in his life. God's going to have a huge testimony right here. You ever feel like that? And the night before I was getting ready to drive down there, my mom calls me. I didn't want to hear that. Well, God, where were you on this one? I mean, I prayed. I couldn't understand why he took my brother home. I still don't really agree with it. Sorry. But I do know there's a greater reality. I'm not okay with it, but now I know I'm okay with Christ. And I know for a fact that there is more to this life than just this life. And that's what, that's what holds me. How close have you been to Jesus and then Yet when it gets crazy for you, you begin to doubt everything. Are you the one? Or am I supposed to be looking for another? Another thought is that maybe, maybe John was thinking that, wait a second, you know, because he was such a reformer and he was in there and he was just knocking it out, man. And he was just preparing the way for, for, for the king, man, the coming king. That was his job, to prepare the way for the king, all right? And, and maybe, maybe John, you know, being, being that reformer at heart, expected Jesus to pick up where he left off. And you know what? And you know, all the prep work that he did, shouldn't Jesus seize the moment right here? All right, shouldn't he come and reform Israel? Shouldn't he take down Rome, and wait a second, I'm hearing he's healing Roman centurions? What? I think you should be doing a little bit more here, Jesus. My standards are way up here, and you're hanging out way down here. What's going on here? Whose side are you on? Jesus? Ever pray against a situation knowing that there's evil here and there's good here and you're praying the good into that evil and you're not seeing it? 
take place, man. And you're like, all right, God. And next thing you know, you're seeing things go well for them. And you're like, wait, what? Whose side are you on? Way back in the day, man, before Jesus had come, you know, had come on and walked this earth as a human, uh, you know, as one of us, there's this, there's little instances through the scriptures where I believe are pre-incarnate, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, encounters with Christ throughout the scriptures. And one is in the book of Joshua chapter five. Where Joshua has been told by God, you're going to go ahead and you're crossing this Jordan. You're going to go ahead and you're going to take down this land. You're going to take this land that I've given you. I've given it to you, but you've got to take it, all right? And, and you're going to go in there. And Joshua was just, I believe he was on a prayer walk, all right, as he was going through there. there, there. And, 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 and he ran into this big soldier, dude, just totally decked out, ready for battle. Huge sword. Would intimidate any general, man, in that day in a fight. He looked up and the only thing he could say, well, are you with us or against us? Because <laughs> there's all of us, <laughs> right? And it was Jesus. You know what Jesus' answer was? No. Um, okay, maybe you didn't hear the question. Uh, are you with me or are you with them? No. I'm doing this for the glory of the Father. This is for my glory. This is for my kingdom and for my purpose. And in Luke 7, 20, he says this, and the men came to him and said, John the Baptist sent us, all right? You remember him, all right? You know, uh, saying, are you the one or shall we look for another? And probably in one of the most efficient hours in history, we have in that hour, he healed many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and many who were blind bestowed sight. It's a pretty darn efficient hour, all right? Got a lot done, <laughs> all right? But what I do know also as I read the scriptures, I find another story where he didn't heal everybody. There was this pool of people, this pool, not pool of people, a pool where all these people who were sick and infirmed, they had this, this, this wild mystery, mysterious kind of just pagan belief that when the water stirred, if you can get down there soon enough, you'll be healed. And Jesus came and saw all these, these, uh, these people, uh, you know, they're infirmed there. And, he, and he, there was a bunch of them there. And literally he walks through them. Excuse me, pardon me. Sorry, you should see a doctor about that. Oh, excuse me, pardon me. Yeah, and he goes to one guy. He goes to one guy. He says, you want to be healed? You think? Hey, well, you know, this, is not, this is not recreation for me here, bro. This is like, I could think of a way better time. You want to be healed? Yeah, all right, you're healed. Later, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me. I do know a guy, his name's Luke. He won't be around for a little while, but check it out. Excuse me, pardon me. Anyway, and leaves. What? He passed by all the he passed by all these people for healing. But he hasn't passed by anybody for redemption. So when you think you've had enough, is Jesus really enough? 
Verse 22 says, <clears throat> here's Jesus' answer. Okay, here, here's what you go tell John. All right, yeah, go tell John what you've seen and what you've heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. Yeah, I'm exactly who you think I am. I'm exactly who I am. And you know this. Yeah, all these killer things are being done and so many more things are gonna be done. But the best thing is that the the gospel is being preached. The greatest miracle and healing to come to mankind is being made available for everyone. And then he throws this weird little line in there. Okay, yeah, all these things are taking place, right? And blind, blind walk, all these miracles are taking place. And then there's this weird line, okay, why, why this line? And blessed is the one who's not offended by me. I mean, how is all those good things gonna offend anybody? I can't imagine one person, if one more person rises from the dead, I'm out of here. One more blind person can see, forget it, I'm gone. Another translation says, blessed is the one who does not fall away because of me. What's he saying right here? I'm exactly who you think I am, John. But I'm not coming through for you the way you want me to. That's a hard message to take, isn't it? I'm exactly the God of this universe who created time and space in the very air you breathe. But I'm not coming through for you the way you want me to come through for you right now. I'm not gonna get you out of prison. I'm not gonna spare your life. Yeah, I've done all this stuff. I'm going to do more things and for more people. But the path I've chosen for your life is different. And you will be blessed if it doesn't cause you to fall away. When you think you've had enough, Jesus is asking, am I enough? I love what Erwin McManus says. He says in this actual, in this scriptural context, he said, Jesus didn't come to save us from all pain and suffering, but from a life of meaninglessness. He didn't come to save us from every, you know, pain and suffering and suffering and all this stuff and the tragedies and, and you know, they're, they're gonna happen, man. but he did come to save us from a meaningless life. A life that is purely horizontal. A life that just says, wait a second, this is all I see. He came to save us from that life by by grabbing our chin gently and saying, look up. Stay here. Right here. And trust 
the greatest miracle I've ever done for mankind. Hold on to that. Because there's way more to this life than just this life. 1 Corinthians, verse 1 through 22, Paul was writing in, these, in this realm of thought. He says, the Jews, they demand signs. And the Greeks, they demand wisdom. Basically, he's saying, religion is saying, prove it. All right, and the world's saying, just give me enough to look good. One twenty-three of Corinthians says this, but 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 we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. Not enough for religion and too much for the world. But to those who are called, to those who are called, to those who are called, you're like, okay, am I called? You're here. Praise the Lord. He called you. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Well, if so-and-so's not here, are they not being called? Don't go there. You're here talking about you. You're watching, talking about you. But to those who are called, both Jews, Greeks, those who are, you know, uh, Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Those who are called out of religion, those who are called out of the world, world, Jesus is all we need. We want more. But we only need Christ. And we're satisfied in him. I love what David Crowder says. Everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. There isn't a limo that takes you to the pearly gates, just a cross and a resurrection. That's all we need. Amen? In Hebrews chapter 11, there's this huge chapter of all these heroes they call of the faith that just stood the ground, conquered, kingdoms fell. Jesus, God said, step into this area here and that kingdom is yours. Every piece of ground you step on, all right, I'm giving you. It's yours. Every place you walk is holy ground. And it was just huge, just outstanding, just, you know, all these stories of the heroes of these faith. But then it gets down to the end of the chapter and it talks about a few other people without giving their names. In 1136, it says, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves. And all these, though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised because the promise had not happened yet. And since God has provided something better for us because we're on the other side of the promise, the event had already taken place. The cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That apart from us, they would not be 
made perfect. If all these men, here's where I'm going. When I look at this, I say, of all these men and women who can trust God without receiving, all right, that promise, then we who have received it have way more reason to keep pushing through. If anything should get you through these, these, this hurt and this hardship and this disappointment, the disappointments of life. It's the promise of his presence in it and after it. The work, it's already done. So my question again is, when you think you've just, when you just think you've had enough, the challenge comes. Is Jesus really enough? The only way he is is when you really know that there is more to this life. He is more to this life than just this life. So I want to challenge you. What are you going to do? You commit to your commitment. People always talk about I made a commitment of faith. So you know. Made this commitment. I said that prayer. Prayer is worthless without a commitment to the one you're praying to. You understand that? Commit to your commitment. And then in that, number one, remind yourself, okay, remind yourself of what he's already done. Remind, rem, rem, remind yourself the things that you've known he's already done. I always tell people, set up spiritual markers in your life, man. I saw him there. I saw him there. I saw him there. All of a sudden, I'll see him. He's there. Remember what he's done and begin with the gospel. Begin with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Always begin with what he's done. The biggest thing, what has he done? What has he done for me lately? He's done that. Begin with the gospel. And if you got nothing else, that's enough. Remember what he's already done. Number two, trust the promise. <clears throat> trust it to see you through. Trust it that there is always a greater reality. All right? Recognize that the, the horizontal life that you're involved in isn't all there is. All right? Trust the promise of Christ. And, and then number three, man, be, get connected with people. Share the hope. Share that hope, all right? Share it with people who have the hope. Share it with people who have no hope. Share this hope. Amen? Come on, man. Next week, we're going to continue this, man, because I don't want you to get it twisted. All right, John wasn't less. You know, the John the Baptist, he wasn't less of a person because of all this. He was actually more. All right, and, and we're gonna. But, but I want to challenge you. Where Jesus actually says that we could be more too. So you need to come and check that out. I'll put the scripture up right here. A lot of scripture that we went through today. <clears throat> a lot of it, I give you a bigger context. Some of the stories I just told of this scripture. Uh, you know, the uh, the John. Uh, 
well, anyways, you can see up there the Joshua and the five and the John five. Those are just told the stories of those ones. But I wanted to give you that context because I really want you to check our work, man. I'm telling you what, man, don't just, you know, when, 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 don't just go with it because I say that, you know, because I said it. You know, and people ask you, well, you know, you trust Jesus, how can you tell? Well, because the preacher said it so swell. No, 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 no. Don't even go with that. Check the work. Open the word right there and check the work. Check our work. See if we even know what we're talking about, man. One of these times, I'm just going to come and make a bunch of stuff up. All right? All right? Preach out the book of Second Opinions. See how you guys see it. Do trying to find that book. All right? Yeah. You know, have a good time with that one. Check our work. And then check your work. And then trust his work. This song that we're going to sing right now, all right, we got a little bit more, just a couple of minutes more of stuff right here, because, but it's all part of This song that we're going to sing right now is a response. And, you know, we have this, 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 this entry into worship. Now, some of us become to church late. Man, stop being late. Get here. Get involved and connect because every one of these songs are on purpose. And they lead us into a flow. And, and, and if you miss some of it, you're missing a lot of it. All right, and then where we come from the sermon into this song right here, this, this is one of my favorite songs. Because I need this song. I need to sing this song. I need to believe this. And I need, I need to respond to God this way. I want to challenge you. Don't boogie out of here. Engage in this. Your kids are all right. If they're not, you'll see a number saying, your kid's not all right. Get over here. All right? All right, but engage in this song with us and respond to God. And then right after this, really quickly, we want to invite you to something amazing that's coming up. We need this togetherness, all right? We got the easy part done. Come on now. Praise the Lord. <laughs>